This is episode number 12 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. Last week, I talked about talking about sex. And I imagine some of you are expecting me to keep talking about sex. So I want to start this week's episode by sharing a fun secret with you. All of the episodes have been about sex. Really, go back and listen to them. Just add the phrase, in bed, to everything I said, and you have a map for how to have good sex. Of course, there are infinitely more specifics about deepening sexual pleasure, but all of the principles I have been sharing in all previous episodes about healthy relating are the foundation for juicy, healthy, and sustainable sex. This episode is no different. This week, I will be talking about the practice of savoring and why it's vital for growing more of what we want in our lives, in all rooms of the house. I was raised by a Sicilian father who loved food, and I will never forget the cadence of him savoring meals at the dinner table during my childhood. Mmm, 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 just like that. Every meal. He also liked to use a lot of cayenne on what he was eating. And I remember he would sweat and savor every night. I can still see him wiping the perspiration from his brow over his plate of pasta. The practice of savoring has an unexpected result. When you choose to lean into enjoying a moment... It can reward you with more things to enjoy. So this week's practice of savoring is in part about relishing the now, but not only. It's also about saying to the now, yes, more please. I would like another heaping serving of this. Psychologist Dr. Rick Hansen calls this taking in the good. He says, nourish yourself with the good moments with a big spoon, which I think is a strong practice and good advice. The challenge, of course, lies in the fact that there's a lot in life that is unenjoyable, and that's on a good year. Right now, there's some very, very heavy parts of life, profound injustices and disparities, many people suffering. Weather that knocks us off our feet and into a tailspin of panic. Terrifying questions about our freedom and the future fabric of our communities. Illness that invades every nook and cranny of our lives. Mm, mm, mm. Seems impossible to do in the face of all of this suffering. But my invitation this week is to find the thing. Find the one thing you can be grateful for and savor the you-know-what out of it. Not because life isn't breaking your heart, but because in order to respond to a world gone mad, we need to sit at the table of pain and sweat and savor, so to speak, so that we have the resilience to keep facing what needs to be faced. Like everything I teach, this is an embodied or a physical practice, not just an idea or a mental one. 
with the mm-mm-mm, we are training our bodies, literally training our brains and our nervous systems to associate a taste or a touch or a view or some other other sensory experience with pleasure. I remember in graduate school going with my then-girlfriend to get a massage as tired, stressed out, underslept psychology students. I remember we walked into the massage clinic together and went to different practitioners during the same hour. I came out raving about my session, and she said hers was meh. Later, we compared notes and discovered that I had spent a lot of time sharing appreciations with my practitioner about what I enjoyed, while my girlfriend had had not much dialogue with hers. And it was my girlfriend who was the one to point out to me that she felt that by my appreciating my massage therapist, I likely improved the quality of the massage. Let me underscore this one so you really get what I'm saying. That I was responsible for how good my massage was, at least in part responsible, by telling my massage therapist how good she was. I want to acknowledge that this wouldn't make sense if it didn't really actually work. And relationships are just like that. Appreciating and savoring other people brings out their flavor. Appreciating and savoring a moment of connection opens the possibility that it can blossom. Many people have said some version of what you put energy into grows. Now, this principle isn't like universally true. It's, it's actually more complicated than that. But I think there's a truth here in terms of our meaningful relationships. Often in couples coaching sessions, I hear partners say things to one another like, you just don't understand me, or you're always withdrawn, or you don't listen, which are all valid and important, and the feelings behind them need to be expressed. But if all that is happening in a relationship is a pointing out of what isn't working, then there isn't fuel from which to ignite the healthier version of the partnership. It keeps stuck couples stuck. From the first session of coaching with me, I gently teach couples to notice the simplest moments of nourishment arising between them, not to avoid the conflict, but in order to start the work on the conflict from a place of the good, which is always there if we are willing to let it touch us and may grow if we are willing to savor it. So what does this practice take? Well, it takes a willingness to be seen as someone who enjoys things, which sounds funny, but it's actually a position of vulnerability. I've had multiple clients just recently tell me that as a protection when they were young, they learned to look like nothing bothered them and nothing excited them. They learned to look invulnerable, which is an intelligent adaptation in many environments. And when it comes to creating satisfying adult intimacy, this adaptation is something we want to unlearn, which is easier said than done. Allowing yourself to enjoy life and to do so audibly can feel like thawing frozen nerve endings because in some cases it involves bringing attention to places you once intentionally ignored for your safety. 
So try it slowly. Make a sound. Mmm. And then smile because you are hearing yourself affirm your right to pleasure. No one has to hear it but you. You can just mmm the goodness of taking a breath. My favorite is eating by myself and savoring. And I eat by myself for most of my meals. And I mmm to my food daily. In this way, I am truly my father's daughter. And I invite you to consider trying it with me. This week, there are two practices. To practice the mmm, 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 or make some other positive and sustained sound of pleasure on a regular basis. Perhaps when you take a calming breath and following it with or maybe when you eat by yourself, like I just explained, or when you see the eyes of someone you care about just to sigh audibly, or when you look at the sky, or when you share a hug. This is also a fun one to do with children. The second part of the practice is to share an appreciation with someone uh, with whom you want to deepen your connection. And this was a practice that I also started out this entire podcast with. I think in session uh, two or three, I talked about sharing appreciations. So appreciate something that you want to grow. Now, go back and listen to this whole episode, but add in bed to everything I said. It just may teach you a little extra something about pleasure. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Oh, 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 oh.